0: y'all and welcome to Benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host Sessie Diaz. First and foremost I'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and supporting Benevolence. I pray that as you tune in every week you are empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are listening to episode 7 Glow Getter. Now before I introduce our special guest I wanted to share the definition of Glow Getter. Glow Getter is a driven, busy gal who strives to achieve her goals in life while attaining a beautiful glow both inside and out. Today's special guest exemplifies just that. Not only is she a Jesus-loving Glow Getter, but she is a soon-to-be doctor. Just last month, she received her white coat, which is symbolic in the medical field, and in less than four years, she will be a certified physician. Best part of all of this is that she's Latina. So she's representing all of the Latinas out there who want to be future doctors, pediatricians, dentists, dermatologists, etc. On this episode of Benevolence, I have Nicole Guevara joining me at the table to discuss her journey as a med student. So sit back and enjoy this special episode. Hey, girl. Hey. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me on an episode of Benevolence in such short notice. (laughs) Yeah, it's, Um, it's a pleasure to be here earlier this year, we talked about having you on an episode, um, for the new season. And we currently, we have a a mutual family member, um, slash friends. So my cousin Amber is one of your best friends. And, um, we, I think we, we've seen each other before, but I think we officially like had a conversation in May and, um, we talked about having you in an episode, and I'm I'm finally excited, and I'm so glad that the time has finally um, come. So, uh, before we begin, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, first of all, like I said, I'm really glad to be here. Glad to you know have some time where we can sit down and have
0: this chat right
1: now. Um, I am 24 years old. My birthday was two weekends ago, so. That is that. And I'm a first year medical student at New York Medical College. So that's the new season of life that I'm in right now.
0: That's awesome. So good. Now, I wanted to tell you really quickly that I named this um, episode. It's called Glow Getter. And the reason why I did it is because um, Glow Getter, like if you look in the Urban Dictionary, because it's not in the official dictionary, but in the Glow, <laughs> glow Getter means um, it's a driven, busy gal who strives to achieve her goals in life while attaining a beautiful glow, both inside and out. And I've been following you for for quite a while. And I know that med school is not easy. Leaving your family is not easy. You're extremely busy, um, you know, with with this new journey. And um, I decided I was like, this is perfect for Nicole because she is a glow getter because you are glowing, you know, the light of Jesus inside of you while being completely busy, driven, you know, to pursue your dreams. So I just wanted to let you know that's what I named the episode.
1: Thank you. That is so sweet. I have never heard of the term, but it is the cutest thing. (laughs) I love that
0: awesome
1: (laughs) write that Um, down and put it on my desk (laughs) yes girl
0: I'll send you something that says that (laughs) so let's go ahead and just begin with um a brief summary of like your story where where God has brought you to this point um you know some of the things that you know I don't know if 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 med school was something that you've always wanted to do etc you know but if you would like to share what God has done for you all the way up to this point, and then we'll get into some questions in regard to your career. So whenever you would like to start. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so it really has felt like a journey to be here. Um, I actually, when I was in elementary school, I remember, I think I was in fifth grade and they started building the UCF medical school and Ever since then, I mean, I remember, so I was pretty young when I thought, oh, wow, it would be nice, you know, to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, you know, as any kid, like, you go through phases where you think, you know, that's what I want to be, but you don't really know at that moment what it's going to take to actually have that come to life. Um, so I was pretty young when I kind of set my my eyes and my heart on medicine, mm-hmm. um, but then you know, and then going through high school and everything, I still had the same thoughts, went to college and you know I majored in biomedical sciences and I did a minor in psychology. So that was still very much you know the idea. But I think that's really when I found out, partially at least, because now is when I'm really finding out, but what it would take to be a doctor um, because it's it's nice to say it like, you know, I want to be a doctor, and that's, you know, going to be such a great way to serve others but it you know would take a lot even just to apply so I don't know if you know kind of a little bit of the process but even to apply to medical school you have to do um, well you don't have to but to build your profile for these schools you do research and obviously you have to make sure your grades are looking good too Um, so there's kind of a whole lot going on a lot of like things to check off to make sure that you know, you, you prove to, to these medical schools that you have what it takes, um, and that you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. So yeah, in college was really when I, I started finding out like, wow, this is gonna be quite, a quite a lot to get there. Um, and so I guess what I would say is, unfortunately, like a lot of my story had like, kind of low self esteem, like, I've always kind of like doubted my abilities, despite yeah. how like, I actually did on paper. So like, you know, building, like I said, this kind of profile, like, even though my grades will look good or different things, I would make the right moves. Like, thank God, I still struggled with, you know, not feeling like I would have what it truly took to to make it there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Um, God brought me through the journey and kind of really had me surrender those thoughts and surrender everything to him. Um, So I guess I would say like, while I was applying to medical school, that was the probably one of the hardest uh, seasons of my life till now. um, Because you've been waiting your whole life, or at least for me, like I was waiting my whole life for this moment. And finally, here it was. And you know, you start to freak out a little bit, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, okay, like this is the moment of truth. Am I really going to be a doctor?" Um, it's a lot of pressure, so I, you know, I, I struggled a bit. I had a plan. I graduated a semester early, so I could study for the MCAT, which is the test that you take to apply. And things just didn't look like I thought they would. I thought that I would be very driven to get things done, to study every day, because, you know, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I felt God had placed in my heart to do. But it was really not, that's not how it went. Like I, I, there were days where I really let the fear overwhelm me, and I wouldn't really get anything done. Um, but I think the beautiful thing about it is that every single time that I got to that point where I felt like I don't have the strength, I don't have what it takes I would just give that to God, and He would strengthen me another day. And I would just push through the studying, and I took the exam. And even though that score didn't look, you know, perfect, it wasn't the score that you know you really want to aim for. Mm-hmm. I there was a peace in my heart through the process, and I think that that was the cool thing too. Like it was hard. I cried a lot through the uh-huh. process, a lot of stresses, but there was this peace in my heart where it's like I know that I'm freaking out right now but I also know that he's got this and I know that the end of this is going to be so good. So that was like the, the best thing about it where it's like, you can freak out, but you know that God's got you and there's really no better feeling than that. Um, and so I think just to kind of make the long story short where I really saw like, okay, this is so God, I ended up getting turning in my applications later than what would be advised. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not afraid to say, because I think that again, that's what makes this so beautiful. Like, God cares so much about every single detail of our lives. And when we give it to him, and we truly believe that, you know, he has the best in mind for us. Mm-hmm. And I was Truly believing that, you know, he's the one that put this passion in my heart. So if he wants to, he's going to open these doors and it doesn't matter what the timing looks like because time doesn't limit him, you know. And so that's what I kept telling myself. And even though I knew, like, my journey didn't look perfect, I was turning in my applications late because I let myself, you know, be afraid for quite a bit. I knew that I had to just finish it. I had to finish the applications and let God do whatever he was going to do. So that's what i did i turned them in i had some pretty late interviews um and even after the interview process so it felt like there were all these moments where i could feel like um, assurance but i wasn't getting that like yeah. you know i i took the exam and i thought maybe i'll get the right score and i'll finally feel like this is it i got this in the bag you know
0: yeah
1: and then i felt like okay i'll apply I'll get an interview, I'll go to it, and I'll feel like I got this. And every step of the way, I wasn't I wasn't getting that. Like, in in things that I could have gotten that assurance, I wasn't. So I think that was because he wanted me to rely on him again, you know? And that was yeah. the, the beautiful thing. It's like, he didn't want me to, okay, you got the perfect score. So you know that you're going to make it because you got the perfect score. Or, like, you got the interview date early that means they really want you like you know I never got that assurance in those ways um but it's because he wanted me to know that he was my like steady ground through the whole process so um at the end of all that I ended up going to an interview at New York Medical College Mm -hmm. and out of the schools that I interviewed at it felt like this was the place that I was supposed to be in you know like it was hard to explain but just being here like I just kind of knew like okay out of all the schools this is where I would see God placing me um but then I I didn't hear back from them and I even sent like a letter it's called a letter of intent where you send a letter and you kind of tell them like you know you're my first choice I would really love to go here for such and such reasons so I did that too Mm-hmm. And in the months leading up to hearing from them, it was hard because I would even feel like I would see New York license plates in front of me as I was driving oh my all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't make these things up. Like, I'd be driving and I'd see New York, or I'd go to a restaurant with my mom and I'd see a New York poster. And it was everywhere. And you know, sometimes they say, like, because something maybe might be on your mind, you keep seeing it everywhere. Yeah. But I'm like, that's not what this is. Like, I'm literally seeing it everywhere. So I came to a point where I had to just be honest with God. And I remember I went to the park by my house, and I just kind of broke down. And I was like, God, like, I know that you want me to be honest with you. And I told him, like, you're hurting me. <laughs> I'm like, oh. it hurts. Because if you're not, if you don't want to take me there, like, why are you showing me this? You know, and like, yeah. if you didn't want to take me there, why did you allow me to interview there? Mm hmm. So there were all these like feelings and stuff but at the same time I was like but I'm so grateful that you took me there because for all these interviews I went to maybe I went because I had to talk to people there you know or you just wanted to show me something in particular so even though I was hurting I still kept trying to um but I was honest with him I'm like I you know that now this is where I want to go and I don't see anything moving um But I just kept believing, and I also knew that when God opened the door, like He would provide as well. Um, So basically, I did get some acceptances to other places, but Mm -hmm. it still didn't feel like you know I wasn't what I was thinking. It wasn't New York Medical College, and it's funny because originally, when I started this whole process, I thought I would go to UCF Medical School. Yeah, you know that's the place that I saw originally. Um, but that door never opened. And I remember when I found out that door didn't open, I was just like, God, obviously there must be a reason why you don't want me there. So I'm not going to let that, you know, bring me down. Um, so it was things like that where it's like, I just had to continually like encourage myself in the Lord and believe that he was still working, even though I couldn't actually see it happening yet. Um, and, in that time, like he gave me some verses to hold on to, and um one of them was in isaiah fifty five and it talks about um, let me see if I have it here, but basically, it talked about how you know your your ways are not my ways yes and and then it talks about how the mountains will burst out in joy. And you'll be led forth in peace and all these things. And I thought, you know, that's what it's going to look like. Like, that's your promise for me. Um, And so even as I was finding out these acceptances, I felt like this isn't it yet. You know, like, this isn't what you have for me just yet. So I kept praying, like, if you want to, you can open that door. And so when I was in Germany for a missions trip, Mm -hmm. as I was answering somebody's question of, you know, where would you go if you wanted to? I decided to look down on my phone, and I saw at that very moment that I got the acceptance from New York Medical College. Wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah, and, like, not only that, but the following email was, like, we want to give you, like, some, you know, some funds to help you out during wow. your time here, and I was just, like, oh, my gosh, I jumped up, like, I won Miss America, I was <laughs> so so overwhelmed with joy and I was like this is it like this is the moment that you had for me and it was awesome because here I was like in the missionaries home with like all these people and they got to pray for me and it was like wow you know God's timing is so perfect so that's yeah like, that, yeah that's when I, I I knew like okay God thank you this this is how you work always goes above and beyond and it's always worth it to just wait on him, you know? Amen.
0: That's awesome, Nicole. One thing that you mentioned earlier was when you had gone to the park to pray to God and you kind of told him that, um, like, you're hurting me. And I've been, in, I've been in those positions before where I'm like, God, really? Like, why are you, why are you, why are you allowing me to go through this? You know what I mean? Like, like why are you playing with me? And I kind of felt like, you know, we need to share that with, especially our listeners whose demographics are all over the place. We have, you know, all the way from 50, all the way to teens um, listening on benevolence, but like, we have to encourage them to like, it's okay to talk to God like that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we see him as, as this, you know, he is this heavenly, you know, being and whatnot, but he does live in our hearts, you know, and he understands our feelings And sometimes, like, it's okay to be straight up with him. Uh, I remember there was a time where, this year, where I, my faith was was quivered and shaken. And I literally told God, I was like, I'm mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was completely honest with him. And I says, I'm upset at you. I'm so mad at you right now. Because you're allowing this to happen. You know, and I know, obviously we're upset and, but God understands, God sees it. You know what I mean? He's, he was human himself when he came down to earth. So he understands the emotions that we feel, you know? And I loved how you said, you know, why are you playing with me? Like you're hurting me, you know? So yeah. it's okay to, to go to God and, and tell God that you're hurting or that you're upset, you know? God sees our hearts. It's okay to be transparent. And I just wanted to share, with, share that part um, because that's just, it's good to be raw with God. Like be raw with him. He understands, you know? Yeah. Um, but that is such a beautiful story. You know, it's funny as you're talking about how uh, you signed up late and all that kind of reminds me of Amber's situation too. If you know her situation with going to uh, London with the veterinary school. she 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 was like last minute she she was like procrastinating she didn't know if if this was the right thing and then she did it and she wound up getting chosen and it was very similar to yours how you know you were just hesitant to to apply you were hesitant to you know move forward you kind of sent these applications a little late but god did move on your behalf so just god has a plan you know regardless of the situation so it's a beautiful 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 season that you went through but the season's not over yet nicole <laughs> oh no you just we started, started. A new one. <laughs> we just started a new one so i guess my first question to you would be you know why did you want to become a doctor cuz at this point we have a bunch of nurses why didn't you think of nursing you know why did you want to go further to the you know doctor
1: yeah. So that just makes me think of my mom, <laughs> to be honest, because she always, you know, I always say, I want to be a doctor. And she's like, Are you sure? You know, not that she would, you know, ever doubted that I could make it. It's just she's like, you know, nursing is good, too, you know, and it'll, it'll be less time or PA school, would yeah. be less time, you know, and I think it comes from a place where like, your parents just want you to minimize the <laughs> i guess how do you say this because it's not like it's not suffering but like minimize the the hardships i guess in a yeah. way yeah so yeah i know that was her way of protecting me but um i just always thought like even though there are and that's a beautiful thing about medical profession there's so much there's so much diversity um nursing pa school and i think they're all amazing um i just thought that as a doctor it would be the best way that I could truly partner with these patients, you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's, it's a different kind of relationship when you have your, like your patient and a physician, like, and that's not to downplay any relationships that any of these other medical professions have. um, But I feel like there's a level of responsibility that comes to it where, you know, the physician is really the one that's going to partner with the patient to decide what treatment, they're going to get and all these things and I thought to myself wow like I want to be a part of that I I want to help in whatever way I can and it's just such a beautiful thing you know that relationship and I've always felt like I'm God made me a very relational person I love just being with people listening to their stories um, all of that so I just felt like it would be a great fit to to do that but also um spiritually speaking too i was reminded of the story of the man i don't know if you remember the story of the man that was paralyzed and he was lowered through the roof yes um by his friends
0: yeah, yeah. so
1: in that story it was like you know his friends wanted him to experience healing and they believed you know maybe if we lowered him through the roof like he can be healed and it was interesting to me because in that Jesus response wasn't to first heal him. It was first to deal with his sins, you know, and forgive his sins. Yeah. And I remember one time reading that story and just thinking, wow, like that's kind of what happens. I'm sure the man, the paralyzed man, his first thought wasn't his sins, you know, like he was there to try to receive healing. But what happens is, and I feel like with a lot of people, it's hard for them to even think about God if they're dealing with something physically yeah, because that's what they're seeing. And so I remember just after I read that story, I'm like, wow, like, yeah. And so as a doctor, I would be able to help bridge that gap. Like I could help them with what they're seeing physically and maybe in the way that I'm treating them, point them to Jesus, you know, and open that door for them.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Is there a difference in years When it comes to doctor and nursing, is it the same years?
1: So at least, you know, for doctors, it'd be the four years of medical school. So that's after you finish a bachelor's degree. And then you do a residency program, which uh, the lowest amount of years is like three. So I think it's like three to five years in addition. For nursing, I don't really know if it's a two-year program. um, And then if they do like nurse practitioner, it's like four I'm not sure, and I don't want to say, like, you know, for sure,
0: but, but I, it, I don't okay. think as long. All right, so it is different, and it's, it's not as long as a physician, for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's my understanding of it. Okay, awesome. So what kind, what challenges did you face um, in college, which was, um, you graduated from UCF, correct? Yes. Okay, so Class what challenge? 2017. Nice. What challenges did you face um, in college? And what are some challenges that you're facing right now in medical school?
1: Yeah, so in college, there, you know, I kind of mentioned a little bit about like, you know, trying to figure out like, how to build this profile. Um, So and I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking on things just because somebody else was telling me I should Um, because I never feel like that's genuine like even when it came to research or different things I wanted to make sure that if I choose to do something it's because I truly am going to be invested in it and I'm not doing it because I have to Um, so those were you know sometimes challenging there were a lot of moments where I had to make these decisions like you know do I do this research opportunity do I do this one Um, all those things so that was that was all pretty hard but you know, in retrospect, I really believe, again, like, just praying to God, like, Lord, I got to make this decision, because he's, you know, he's not really going to make it for me. But just believing that no matter which one I choose, he was still going to be with me. That always, like, would help overcome those challenges of making decisions. Wow. Um, Yeah. And I would say you know some of the classes so my last semester at UCF I actually it was my hardest one because I thought I would I didn't think I would do the whole graduate a semester early to study I thought I would apply my junior year mm-hmm. and so my last semester like I didn't think it would be that difficult but it actually ended up being, being pretty difficult I had this class called microbial metabolism
0: oh my god it already sounds hard <laughs>
1: Oh, yes <laughs> yes just think about it all of these uh, bacteria and things like we're just learning about how they metabolize nutrients and you know all these pathways that you have to learn with all these different enzymes and I just thought to myself I don't like this like I don't know how I'm gonna learn it and even the professor himself sometimes you have people in your life that don't make you feel so good about yourself um, yeah. and so that was challenging just because I started out in that class not doing so well but I knew that I had two choices either I sit back and I you know just wallow in how stressful and difficult it is or I decide to get out of that and try my best um, and so I would go to the office hours and talk to the professor and ask him questions and I always felt like, in a way, he, he didn't, he kind of doubted that I would make it, you know, as a doctor, like, they would yeah. make these kind of comments and lecture, like, if you don't know this, I don't know how you're going to make it through medical school, mm. you know, and I felt like, wow, okay, maybe he's right, like, maybe I can't do this, but I just kept pushing through, and in the end, he actually ended up being one of my letters of recommendation for medical oh, school. Wow.
0: Look
1: at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say like some of the challenges have been, you know, like you have to learn to block out those negative voices mm-hmm. and tune into what God is saying, you know, because God is never the one to be telling you you can't make it. You don't have what it takes. Um, and I think that that's true even now in medical school, like that has been a challenge not only that, but I would say also comparison because everybody here is obviously incredibly smart, um, and that can be pretty intimidating a lot of the times, you know. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was something that's challenging here. Like I felt like I had this security, like God brought me here. I know He did. Like look at this story, and then I got here, and suddenly you feel like, oh my goodness, you know, yeah. like do I have what it takes again?
0: Yeah. You got this girl. We believe in you (laughs) for sure. So what kind of adjustments did you have to make? Um, Especially now like living in New York. So what were some things that were drastic adjustments?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, well, first of all, I have roommates now, so (laughs) that's new. I have three roommates. Um. I've never, you know, I never dormed on campus. I always commuted. So this, that's different already. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like study techniques had to change, still changing. Um, So that was also an adjustment. And also back home, I had, you know, my stable church family for like Mm -hmm. 19 years of my life, pretty much. Yeah, Grew up in church. And so moving here, it's really starting everything new and I never had that before because I only you know I moved from Puerto Rico when I was four went to Orlando and that was that yeah so yeah so that that was kind of like pretty pretty difficult a lot of emotional stuff that came with kind of adjusting to life here I literally there was a point where I thought to myself I just want a hug from somebody that loves me you know Yeah. Yeah it can be it can be rough but now I can definitely say that I'm adjusting so much better like it's a process Mm -hmm. so you can't let yourself be frustrated you know at the fact that why haven't I adjusted yet like it takes time um because it's new but I can definitely say I feel a lot better now and you meet new people and it's just yeah it's good like
0: yeah that's awesome That's awesome. And we'll continue praying for that because I know homesickness is like no joke. It's no joke. So just, we love you. We're rooting for you. We're praying for you. We just know that in it, at the very end, you're going to look back and you'll be like, wow, like this was all worth it, you know? So it's one of those experiences that you're definitely going to have at the end.
1: Yes. Thank you. Amen to that.
0: (laughs) So my next question is what advice would you have um, for yourself? What advice would you give yourself if you could go back five years?
1: Yeah, so five years ago I was finishing high school. And so I was gonna start, you know, the whole journey in college. I would just tell myself to not worry so much about what others think or you know, try not to doubt myself because God is the one that put these, you know, talents and abilities and he just wants me to use them for his glory, you know. So I would just remind myself to to not put myself down, to always just be confident, not because, you know, not confident because this is who I am, like, you know, in a cocky way, but like to be confident because God is the one that gave me these abilities, you know. And we can be confident in those things. So that's what I would say is just like, you know, never doubt
0: that God's got you. That's good. That's awesome. Now, have you ever considered uh, changing your major, Uh, either recently or maybe in UCF? Were there moments where you were like, oh, no, I got to do this. Like, I got to change this. This is too much.
1: <laughs> yeah um, there were moments I don't know that really in undergrad i I felt that way i mm. I would really say that it was when it came to the moment to apply to medical school, yeah, um because I just thought, like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing like and then I also just had this pressure of like, i want to make the right choice, like for God, I want to make sure that i'm I'm where I'm supposed to be, yeah. and I remember talking to this one person one time and they told me like, you know, let me pray for you. Let me see what God or not. Let me pray for you. But she said something like, you know, she was given this ability to help people out with their difficulties. And Mm so she told me to kind of talk to her. I told her like, I'm not sure if I should apply to medical school. She came back and she told me like, well, I think that maybe, you know, God gave you like a heart of missions and maybe like that's what he wants you to do. And I just didn't feel peace with that answer because even though I know that on the one hand, God has given me a a heart for missions, I, it didn't feel like, you know, there was peace about that statement and, Mm -hmm. but that started a whole thing where it's like, oh my gosh, like, am I supposed to just go now and be a missionary or am I supposed to go, you know, through medical school and then in that later on do medical missions? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there were moments where I was like, oh, my gosh, am I making the right choice? Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I would say what kept me on this path was knowing that there was this verse, actually, and it talked about how, you know, he takes no pleasure, I think it's in Hebrews, in those who shrink back. And so I knew that if I didn't apply to medical school, it would be because of fear. Mm -hmm. and that just didn't sit right you know like I knew again like I'm like wait that's not God like he's not going to tell me you know missions is a beautiful calling but he's not Mm going to tell me don't apply you know kind of because you're not going to make it or all these things like it just felt like if I chose not to it would be because this is uncomfortable this is hard and I want to escape you know
0: yeah well who inspires you
1: well, it was funny that we were talking about Amber because her um her faith actually inspired me through this process too. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: a lot of people, but I would mention her too, like she's always had this faith where it's like, no matter what I see or no matter how I do on this test or whatever, like if God wants me to be a vet, I'm going to be a vet. yeah, and that was always inspiring to me because I was like, wow, I want you know to look at things that way to just hang by faith and say it's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. if that's what he has for me so that was that was inspiring too
0: that's awesome she's so good if you're listening Amber we love you <laughs> well, she's gonna say why did you say Amber and not Ambar <laughs> I know I don't know I can't help it I always call her Amber <laughs> like for real for real since birth I just can't everybody says Ambar and I'm like no it's Amber <laughs> We love you. Yes, we love you. So what was the best advice that someone ever gave you?
1: Okay, so this is going to sound really weird, but I was at a trampoline, one of those trampoline places. Yeah, the jumping
0: places. Yes, and there was a
1: little, a little ramp, right? And you're supposed to run up to this ramp and pull yourself up and ring this bell.
0: Yeah. And
1: I kept seeing all these little kids Running and doing it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to try to do that. Mm-hmm. And this was again during this whole season of like applying and just being really uncertain about things. And I kept trying to run up this little ramp, and I would make it halfway and fall. And then at one point, this stranger comes by and she tells me, "Just get out of your head and do it." Okay. And at that moment, I was like, okay, like stop hesitating, don't think, just go. And I did it.
0: Oh my! It's so.
1: Yeah, so it was, I mean, it's a small thing, but I thought to myself, oh my gosh, sometimes we get so into our heads and if it would just cut those thoughts out and get things done, it'd be so much better. Yeah. So yeah, that was some good advice.
0: That's awesome. That's so good. Because sometimes like we allow our minds to just take over and our minds are, they're killers, our thoughts. And, like, I struggle with that as well. Like, you can't do it. it it's an insecurity. And yes. I'm telling you, if we just block those negative thoughts, we can do anything, you know? So that was yeah. really good. That's actually, like, a godsend <laughs> or, or yeah. you know, encouragement. Yes, I um, think so, too. So what are the hardest things about med, med, med school? I can't, I can never say it right what 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 are the hardest things about medical school so far? Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, but well, let's just say they are not wrong when they say this is very difficult. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's like I think one of the biggest things is adjusting to the amount of material that you're receiving. Mm-hmm. Um because it's a lot like you'll get now in this block like 15 lectures per week and that's like without counting all the other things that you kind of have to get done like we have a class called foundations of clinical medicine where you practice doing like physical exams so you're basically in class from nine to five and then you study and then you start the next day and it's the same thing you know yeah um So, yeah, I think one of the hardest things is adjusting to, wow, this is a lot of material. Um, Because in undergrad, it wasn't, you know, we've never had 15 lectures, like, Mm -hmm. in a week. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the biggest challenges. And then I would say, at least for me, because I'm moving from home. And so it's been a challenge to adjust to all of this without kind of having my support group
0: near me. Yeah, for sure
1: yeah, that has been rough too. Wow.
0: Now, what are the best things about medical school?
1: Yeah. So I would say at the end of the day, I love it. I really do. And I think that's one of the best things. It's like, even if I'm so overwhelmed and stressed over material or whatever, I step back and I think this is incredible. Like what I'm learning is awesome last block we did anatomy so we got mm-hmm. to work on cadavers and like dissect them which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. um yeah not your normal day mm-hmm. but it was amazing like I got to hold uh heart I got to hold his lungs and that is just wild you know like we the last thing is we got to like hold the brain and it's like this is really happening like this is how our bodies look like and like in comparison to the pictures that you see like the pictures are pretty accurate to be yeah. honest like oh my god. that's what it yeah so it was it's it's amazing because of that to think like the things you get to learn it's mind blowing and our bodies are so incredibly complex like mm-hmm. it's just wow like getting to learn about how god made everything work so perfectly mm-hmm. that's really exciting
0: wow that's amazing how do you and this is not like part of what i gave what i sent you but how can you deal with the blood and all of that like was that something that you've <laughs> always been able yeah. to deal with or just you know i don't know because people can't deal yeah. with that stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well okay these bodies have been prepared you know they go through this process of being like embalmed and all that like preserved yeah so I guess we're not really dealing with, you know, all this blood gushing out, all these things, mostly like body liquids, so like fatty stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there wasn't like, a, you know, it's not like I'm seeing like all this blood, like we cut open and there's blood coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't know how I was going to react. I really didn't. And the day that we got to hold the heart was one of the days where I kind of had to hold myself and be like, whoa this is pretty wild because you have to open this rib cage like yeah I don't want to make you uncomfortable but yeah like we had no, to actually, like open up the chest so like crack the ribs and like all that and I'm like this is not normal like this is not your normal you don't just crack some ribs to open up <laughs> you know a chest so yeah pretty crazy but I don't know like I felt like
0: okay about it it's, yeah wow I give you props. I don't know. Like I'm pretty good with like seeing gory things and blood and all that, but I don't know if I can see like a heart and stuff. That's gonna be. (laughs) It's really cool, though. I think you'd like (laughs) it. (laughs) Um. So on a serious note, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, suicide among med students, and this is something that I actually, I think in the past, like five years I've I've been reading up on on medical students who been just committing suicide and fall into depression and all that stuff and what's interesting is that it led me to you and we're here today recording this I actually get to personally speak to someone who is in the medical field and um we can talk about this but you know in the past years but there's been a large number of medical students who have committed suicide and a couple of the stories that I've um I've read were from New York, um, but I don't know if it was like Manhattan or I don't know if there's another medical school in Manhattan or something. Um, but I remember like there were some cases just like very close to each other of some med students who were just like almost ready to graduate, you know what I mean? And receive their certification. And then these, you know, they would commit this act. So, you know, these students are mm-hmm. learning to take care of others um, many fail to take care of themselves in the process, and it's become a stigma of getting mental health um, care because they see it as a sign of weakness. Imagine you're a doctor; you're you're t- you're learning to be a doctor, um, and you're not helping yourself. You know, you're not helping your state of mind. Um, and then I put here that you know medical students are three times more likely to commit suicide than the general population of a similar age. So I guess you know i'm so glad i'm talking to you today because i just i've always wanted wanted to know like why why is that a common thing like what what is it that's pushing these students to that point obviously you know there's other issues where you know people actually have mental health issues you know diagnosed uh but then but what is it when they chose such a such a field where they know it's intense but what leads them to to take those those acts in the end
1: yeah so it's I definitely have also you know heard heard about that and it's always it's very sad obviously and and even like you mentioned sometimes it'll be the year before they finish yep um it's very sad and I can't speak you know on their behalf because I'm not sure exactly how they felt but I can say being here now that one of the things and you mentioned it it's like there's so much going on and you need to be so intentional about making sure that you're okay, you know, in the midst yeah. of all these classes and all these things going on, you know, to make sure that you're okay emotionally, because it's a lot. And I think maybe like, even though we know going into it, it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't think until you're here is when you really know what that means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so... it really takes a lot to to get out of that mindset and and I'm saying that even personally like there have been times I call my mom my sister and they worry because they're like oh my goodness you know like you can't be overwhelmed by anxiety and all these things like you need to take care of yourself um but it's just because sometimes it it, like I said, I think it's just intentional because you can let yourself so easily stay in that. Like I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to get done, and just the pressure of the responsibilities that you have
0: mm-hmm.
1: can do that to you. And yeah, like it's it's rough. So I would say that I can understand to an extent, you know, where it could get to the point that it's so overwhelming just because. There's a lot going on and, and it's not really maybe like what we were built to do in a way, you know, like to mm-hmm. withstand these stresses like exams, at least for now, they keep like going up in how long they are. But right now our last exam was four hours and you don't get a break. Um, and so after these exams, you literally feel like you're not functioning (laughs) for at least the rest of the day. Like you can't really speak right. Can't really, cause you're, you're, you're putting in all this brain power to like answer these questions. Um, and so it can be pretty draining. So yeah, like that, that's what I would say. It's just that it's,
0: it's, it's a lot. Um, now something else that I wanted to ask you was, um, how are you preparing yourself for like, for future deaths of pa- like patient deaths, or uh, I'm sure PTSD happens a lot among among like the people in the medical field, you know when you kind of get attached to a patient and something just happens, you know naturally or a malpractice or obviously malpractice you try to avoid as much as possible but you get you get attached you know and how are you preparing your mind? to come up, to come, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna see that in the future, you're gonna have to come across that. How are you um, personally preparing yourself for that future?
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I, I don't know that right now, honestly, I'm doing anything to actively prepare for, for that, just because I feel like there's, there might be things, obviously, that you can do to prepare, but until that moment comes in my life, I won't really know, you know, how to react. Yeah, what it's like, but for sure. Right, but I can say, you know, like we have an ethics class that we take here and like classes like that, we kind of practice scenes, you know, like they'll give us like, you know, if this scenario happens, how would you react? And so that is done so that we kind of, in a way, um, learn how to, it's kind of like you write a a script, you know, you prepare kind of how would I react in this situation. And so I think that things like that class, they're helping me because that, that can be a way for you to prepare. Like, even though I haven't had that moment yet, I can kind of learn to, if that moment were to come, how would I react? You know, how would I talk to the patient's family members and, and all these things. So I think that that's good. It's helping me like to think about it but I haven't really done anything just yet to prepare not gonna lie so yeah. I know that that's gonna be tough
0: yeah and it I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the ethics class because so see I don't know I don't know what it is you know you guys what kind of classes y'all take you know I don't know if that's something that they prepare you for you know especially when you're doing like an internship or something you know that where you're actually on the medical field eventually you know where you have to be in the hospital or something like that like You know, I I didn't know that, but that's good to know that they do prepare you for those um, situations, you know. Um, And, you know, that's like the downside, you know, being a physician, you helping others. But then there's obviously, you know, situations where are out of your control as a doctor, which, you know, a patient, you know, passes away or stuff like that. But um, I know for a fact, Nicole, that you're going to be A okay because you have someone inside of you who is going to carry you through. So there's no doubt about that whatsoever.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Honestly, that actually just makes me think of, you know, when I was talking earlier a little bit about, you know, just the fact that sometimes there's like negativity and people will think like, you're going into a medical field, it's going to be tough. Like, even things like this, like you're mentioning, you know, dealing with deaths and all of that. But Yeah, that has been one of the things that I thought it's like, I'm not going to make it through because of me. It's because like, he is what replenishes me, you know, like the love that I'm going to give these patients, the patience that I'll have with them and all of these things and the compassion, it's not my own. And so I don't have to fear that because I think also something maybe we haven't really mentioned, but kind of like this burnout. Or, you know, how do you deal with that, where you meet physicians that are kind of come to a point where everything is just normal, you know, like, you're burnt out, you just do it as a job, and that's it. But I, I've always thought, you know, I don't see that happening. Because if God is who I'm going to every morning to be refreshed, you know, I will have that fresh love to give on them that fresh compassion, that fresh empathy. And so yeah, like, I think that that will be the biggest thing to deal with. Like, you know, burnout or stresses in life. It's like, God will be the one to supply what I need to get through it.
0: That's awesome. Sounds so good. Moving on. um, I found some top misconceptions um, of med school and med students that I would like for you to debunk. Um, And then we'll wrap it up. Um, But so far I just want to thank you, Nicole, for, your insight and for taking the time to do this um i'm i'm so proud of you i know i this is not over yet i want you back on benevolence you know uh when <laughs> when you've reached that that goal and we can talk more about that journey cuz i know um you know you've just started your journey here um not here but in new york in med school but i can't wait to hear the great things that god has done in your life but um uh, but Before we get into um, the wrap up part of, of this episode, let's go ahead and debunk some top misconceptions. So the first one is um, the top misconception. This is actually was the number one. Um, it says, um, say goodbye to your social life. So what do you have to say about that? Uh, that myth, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I, in my case, at least, I would definitely say that that's a myth. Um, I think people, you know, prioritize different things. But for me, I think having a social life outside of medical school is one of the healthy ways to deal with everything. Um, So that's always been important to me, even in undergrad, to make sure I had time for the people in my life, you know, because we don't know. Mm-hmm. being honest how many days we have here and I even though medical school is important I know that family isn't always going to be there so I always want to make sure I make time for family and friends so yeah
0: that's awesome so you need a social life to get through you need it <laughs> yes you need friends <laughs> you need support yes absolutely the second one is um you just have to pass the class so I don't know how that yes. works. <laughs>
1: So here, they actually did implement what's called, you know, um, pass or fail. So technically, you really do just have to pass the class um, because they're not really looking at, you know, it's an A, a B, a C. Um, What you want to do is get above a 70% and that'll be passing. Um, So in a way, you do really just have to pass the class. But I think when it comes to this, it's kind of saying like you're not in it just for a grade, you know, like you're in it. And you're doing this for patients in the future, so you don't just pass a class to get the grade you need. You're trying to get this information and learn it.
0: Okay, so it's a pass, pass or fail type setting.
1: Yeah, at least okay. here, okay. at least there. Okay,
0: all right, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, number three, your board scores are really the only thing that matter. Now, before you get into that, please explain to me. Um and especially to our listeners who are not familiar with board scores, like what is that?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's just referring to the exam. So you take three exams to get your licensing to be a doctor. Um the first one will be after my second year, I believe. Um we take things here step by step. So <laughs> I haven't looked into all the details yet. That's great. But I know that we have three exams. And so that, and they're called USMLE or like step exams. And so you want to make sure that you do well in those exams. Cause when you apply for residency programs, they look at those scores. And so I guess, you know, when they talk about that, they're referring to those scores and how you want to make sure that they're good because yeah, like in a way, when you're taking these classes, it's preparing you for those exams.
0: Okay. I see. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I would say they are part of what matters. But again, like, it's kind of like an undergrad, It it it's part of a profile of who you are, but it's not going to be everything that they're looking at. And so obviously, you know, they're going to be seeing how involved you were in the community, different things. And okay. so it's not going to be just
0: about, you know, scores, I don't think. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> Um, the next one is it's not that the information it's not the information in medical- oh, it's not that the information in medical school is hard. It's just that it's just that there is so much of it. So do you agree or disagree with that statement?
1: I agree and disagree because okay. I think that the you know, for some of the things, yeah, it's not the concepts that are difficult, you can definitely get it. And especially nowadays, you can find a great video on YouTube, and it'll explain the same concepts. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes it's not that the material is difficult. It's just there's so much. And you know, you don't know what you're going to be asked about. So you have to kind of know everything. Um, But there are certain subjects that it just takes a little bit more effort so I would say that it's it's that there's a lot of it and it's the
0: timing of it you know okay
1: that makes it difficult
0: okay I I'm sure now really quickly side note what kind of classes are you taking this this block
1: yeah so this block I'm taking physiology and biochemistry
0: so okay and it's just two but there's 15 lectures a week you said
1: about 15 lectures a week it's those two but then we also have foundations of clinical medicine which is the class that you know teaches us how to do physical exams and things like that and then we also have some ethics sessions in there
0: so Ah, okay yeah oh my goodness girl I'm gonna be praying for you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If you saw my calendar, you would be like, oh my goodness. So that's why I say I take it one day at a time. Yes. It's the only way to do it. um Number five. So you have to be really smart or get straight A's to get into medical school. So what do you think?
1: So definitely, I don't think you have to get straight A's only. Um, there have been people that have made it, you know, without a 4.0. I didn't have a 4.0. Um, I'm not going to lie, though, I did have near a 4.0, but I know that, like I said, it's not just about that score. So if you show that you did other things like research, you did a lot of volunteering, it's really a matter, I think, of showing how passionate you are. And so even if your grades aren't the best, you can compensate for that by, you know, how you prepared for the MCAT, which is a test that you take to apply, how you you know, did all these other experiences as well.
0: Thank you. And the last one is you have to be rich to afford medical school. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think that the people that are rich have a good advantage, but definitely not. Um, You are going to be in debt though. So (laughs) if you're not rich, you, you got debt,
0: Yeah. you know,
1: there's always a way to make it. And I think of it as an investment you know like some people are buying houses and doing things well Mm -hmm. my career is my investment you know that's so yeah you don't have to be rich for sure because i am not rich i am very much in debt but (laughs) you know that'll be paid off little by little once you -hmm. know the journey begins amen
0: yes and my last and final well first thank you thank you for answering those misconceptions Um, and I wanted to end, uh, this, this conversation with you of, um, on this note, what advice would you give to young women who aspire to be in the medical field, especially Latinas?
1: Yes, I would say we need you. Like I was sitting here for our orientation and I found out when I was looking at the statistics that actually, even in comparison to, you know, obviously there are many minority groups um, Mm -hmm. that are underrepresented underrepresented in medicine and that includes you know African-Americans um but our percentage is actually even less than african Americans, which to me was surprising because I always thought you know African-Americans that's what you mostly hear you know they're underrepresented but Mm -hmm. the numbers for female Hispanics are even less so I was just really that kind of shocked me a little bit I'm like wow I knew I was a minority but I had no idea that much of a minority Mm -hmm. um it's so needed, even when I was shadowing the other day at the uh, a hospital, um, I went in with the with the doctor, and the family they like as they describe things and they're talking to the doctor, they kind of look to you you know because they know like oh you're a familiar face, like you speak Spanish, they want to kind of direct themselves towards you and and so I think and that's the whole point of having you know minorities being represented because I think in a way you're you're going to feel a different level of comfort when you're with someone who understands your language, who you can speak to in your own language. Um, So yeah, it's so
0: needed. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. Well, there you have it, girl. Um, I just want to thank you so much for joining me on an episode of Benevolence. Um, You are such an inspiration to so many young women, especially Hispanic girls, you know, who need the extra encouragement to reach our dreams. So, you're definitely a glow-getter. Not only because of your perseverance, but also because of the light of Jesus that you shine for all of us to see. And, um, I just want to thank you again. Um, I will be praying for you. We support you. Me and my family support you throughout this journey. And I just thank you so much for taking the time to give us some insight on you know, the med school, you know, journey because I have n- no friends, no family members that, you know, aren't have been in that journey or who are currently or, or desiring to pursue that journey. So thank you, Nicole, for taking the time to um, be on benevolence with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I hope that this serves as some encouragement to, you know, someone listening Um, and if anyone ever has any questions they can feel free to you know reach out to me too um, because it's definitely possible you know God puts these dreams in our hearts and and he does it for a reason you know he's he wants us to to use the gifts and talents that he gave us and to be confident in that Um, and yeah it's awesome that we got to talk even about mental health and all of that Um, because we have to take care of ourselves and wellness is an important thing mental health you know it's it's a tough thing so there's ways to overcome it and that's that's the good thing about this it
0: might be tough but god gives us the strength 100 percent. that's awesome nicole thank you all for tuning into benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast or at I am Diaz to learn a little bit more about me and Benevolence. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If there is a topic that you would like for me to discuss in the future, please do not hesitate to email me at BenevolencePodcast at gmail.com with your requests, petitions, questions, comments, or testimonials. I want to hear from you. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye.